0: Like a that would you let like It's brother. the Colin Shimwell you. show Wednesday, Wednesday August 17th we're food. eating you some noise you Let's go Frolicking yeah, you know what, that's it. uh, It's time to get rich uh, uh, my bitch, my on yeah. uh, yeah. 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 chain, folks we are just running for it. Shout out to Wovica, always giving it her all. We love it. Absolutely love it. You know it's hard. You know it's hard. Straight up. Hope you're having a good as, Wednesday, as good of a Wednesday as I am. As usual, I'm getting tongue-tied because I am just so happy to be on this Mother Truckin' podcast. This little shithole on the internet, my little corner, my little, my little, uh, my little shithole. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the Collins Jimwell Show. Not wasting any time and just looking at the volumes on chain. We have Ethereum with $14 million in volume. Number two is Immutable X with a $1 million in volume beating Solana today. Did you just hear me, folks? Did you just hear me? Yesterday, I was just saying, well, there's a lot of competitors for Solana. Solana's really kind of in a tight spot here. And boom, Immutable X. I'm pretty sure they have a deal with Instagram as well as Flow. Not quite sure on that. I didn't even do research on that. Let's keep it real. Um, At the end of the day, though, right, uh, Ethereum is just killing it. That's the main story behind the story. $14 million in volume on Ethereum. And that kind of just shows that investors are willing to use Ethereum if the gas prices are cheap i had to just i had to just zoom out and zoom back in um personally though i like i like ethereum i really do so you know how we are we're sticking with it feeling good with our ethereum nfts shout out to Milady and Ramilio. we're gonna go ahead and put the Ramilio, um my Ramilio affiliate link in the description that's right folks it's the remilio podcast so Getting straight on into some news, guys. We got all types of stuff. We're gonna break down the Uniswap, the Uniswap uh airdrop experiment. But before we get ahead of ourselves, we need to talk about what's going on in the market today. We have 222 million dollars in liquidations, 74,000 traders were liquidated. That's quite a few, and keep in mind we're up and when i mean quite a few i mean a freaking lot for that number so uh the biggest trader was actually uh liquidated on bitcoin it was also on okex similar as yesterday but today he lost 2.24 million dollars man oh man oh man that's probably some strategy some hedge funds using and they're probably making a killing Looking at the top liquidated coins, we have Ethereum at number one with $86 million. Number two is Bitcoin with $47 million. Later on, we might find out why Ethereum Classic is at number three with $10 million in volume. $10 million in volume. $10 million in liquidations. Because that's what we really care about, right? This is all liquidations, baby. This is all liquidations. We got 7.78 million dollars in liquidations in Seoul. 6.59 million dollars in liquidations in EOS token. Five million dollars in liquidations on Dogecoin. And what do we got that? What's that little blue thing? Cardano. Look at that. Cardano is making its way to the top today with 2.68 million dollars in liquidations. Finally, my baby. I can't even say that. I don't like Polygon. But when I was in Ethereum Denver, they gave me a hoodie. And they're pretty cool. I actually met the uh, founder walking to Ethereum Denver. And he was like, "Uh, maybe... No, that was Arbitrum. That was Arbitrum. Hold on, though. They were Polygon before. So, yeah, they were Polygon before. I don't want to get them confused. But those, those are some pretty cool guys building on Ethereum. And, uh... We got a pretty pretty good story. They, they're included in it, really. They really are. Um, looking at the top liquidations, the top losers, the top trades, I should say. We have a Bitcoin long. $1.5 million is long at $23,000. Let's go. Ethereum long at $1,811. We got longs all across the board, folks. Longs all across the board. All across the board. Let's go. We are bullish. Bullish as can be. We have been getting wrecked on our shorts. And I can't be... You know what? It's been a long way. It's been a long road coming. Why am I so worried about shorting the market when we just dropped 90%? Like, that's exactly what they want you to do. Um... You know, that could have been a mistake. Looking at the macro, the fundamentals, it's kind of like, yeah, the Federal Reserve has a lot of assets to dump off on the market. And that's that's something I'm thinking about. But at the same time, I mean, <sighs> I've been getting wrecked with my shorts, and I'm thinking about just saying, screw it. I've got mentors saying, hey, you're going to lose your head just shorting. And it's not worth it. What's up with me getting this text? I got to block this number because they did this crap yesterday. And uh, what it is, is there's about to be a freaking housing crisis. And so they're trying to get me to go in their freaking apartment. Side note. Our first news story of the day. We got EU lawmakers seek to cap banks, Bitcoin holdings. Lawmakers of the European Green Party want to anticipate international standards by legislating hefty capital requirements for lenders. Guess what, guys? They laughed at Bitcoin. First, they didn't know what Bitcoin was. Then they laughed at Bitcoin. Then they said Bitcoin is a privacy problem. Now they're trying to ban it. And this is is exactly what's happening. This is why... Cryptocurrency is inherently anti-government. It's inherently... It's inherently individual ownership. And this is kind of what we want. This is what we want. Right now, I don't like the way that um, representatives are chosen. I don't think that's... I think we have the digital infrastructure to vote for our politicians on chain... I really do and a lot of people say oh well well if we do that then their government's gonna track us well I mean it's a little bit of give and take do you want to have ownership in your government you're gonna need to give up something right because right now I think there's just like a, a rampant issue of fake voting going on and scammery and we're actually gonna talk about that we just talked about that yesterday uh, you know, Trump getting raided. It's all kind of all a big circle. And that's what's so crazy about this cryptocurrency game. So someone probably just got hit by a truck. Now, you know, I'm in, I'm in the city. So you guys, yesterday I heard the freaking trash truck come by and I was so upset by that. So I had to, I even stopped. I was mad because nowadays I try not to stop, but I stopped. And, um, I'm like, oh, those plebs, whatever. But he's a good guy, just doing his job. I I talked to him another day. but um, So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that horn. Next story, we got a bankrupt crypto lender, Celsius. They get cash injection offers. Dude, people like VCs are dying. They're just dying to lend Celsius money. Now, They're only going to lend Celsius money if they get a crazy APR, but Celsius is in a very interesting position, and that is they have onboarded an extreme amount of users. If they're able to return capital to everybody and kind of keep going on like nothing happened, this is super, super, super bullish for the cryptocurrency market, and to see that there is investors just willing to back this protocol they see the issue that happened and they kind of see that the uh that um they 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 think that they think that they can fix this they mitigate this in the future but the main story behind the story is even though that they're getting a bunch of offers the interest rates on these offers are crazy i mean who you know everybody's knocking at these guys' doors because they do have a name a lot of DAOs could be talking to him. Um, it's just this market is just so so big. I've been learning that today. I've been doing research all day on the biggest hedge funds in cryptocurrency, and I had no idea it was. I didn't know it was such a big thing. You know, Andrew Horowitz. Uh, Andrew Horowitz with A16Z Capital really has his hand in almost everything that's kind of what i've gathered or at least he has his hand in enough stuff to make me dive in deep for hours and hours and hours and look into all of his friends and their venture capitals and coffee capital and a bunch of really cool guys that i hope that i'm able to work with in the near future because but at the end of the day at the end of the day colin shimwell is an investor colin shimwell is an entertainer but um I think I think my best attribute is probably growth. A lot of projects, what they don't realize is growth is what sets your project apart from any other project, really. I mean, at the end of the day, word of mouth, uh, popularity is the only thing that matters. Trans- transactions, volume. And so a lot of projects, they just don't even think about having a podcast they don't think oh what's the necessary what's the need they don't think uh we should have a twitter account and be posting they don't think about all these things that uh i do so i apply to them and we'll see what happens but uh i'm going on a super big tangent like right like super big tangent uh let's get on to our next story ave calls on members to commit to ethereum proof of stake chain so right now they have a vote going down in their DAO, and it's basically saying, "Hey, is Ave supporting this new proof of stake Ethereum or not?" And it looks like everybody is. Why wouldn't they, right? Um, this has been in the works for so long. It's like I'd kind of commit this to like the COVID relief bill. It's like everyone, everyone knows this shit's gonna go go through. okay so speaking of coinbase i don't know if i told you guys i just applied to them this morning that's probably why this podcast is coming out late because uh, i applied to coinbase and I, i did it through linkedin such a ridiculous process you go on linkedin you try to apply to coinbase then it asks you to link your coinbase so then you're like okay you go back and then it completely erases everything you did ridiculous anyway Coinbase will be meaningful beneficiary of the Ethereum merge, J.P. Morgan says. What does C-Money's take? Because that's the real question, right? J.P. Morgan owns a crap ton of Coinbase, like a ridiculous amount of Coinbase. J.P. Morgan is Coinbase. Coinbase is J.P. Morgan. And I'm going to be honest there's no reason for users to stake their stuff on Coinbase. That's silly. That's silly. And, I mean, it will be easy, but there's also going to be easy DeFi protocols that are going to make this possible. So, for JP Morgan to come out and say this is just them bag-pumping and them praying. Will there be... Is there some truth to this, that people will use Coinbase for the merge? Yes. But what's going to happen when they get hacked? The problem is is... You're going to basically give your coins to Coinbase to be staked when you could just stake the coins yourself. Just stake the coins yourself, guys. That's, that's C Money's story behind the story. JP Morgan is trying to pump their bags. And um, we're short right now. So, uh, what else can you say? So, let's get into the exciting stuff of the podcast. This is the stuff I really wanted to get down the Uniswap drop analysis. So,. On September 17, 2022, Uniswap, the largest decentralized exchange, it was also the first decentralized exchange, it dropped the token UNI to users of its platform. Number sign UNI, was the ticker UNI, is the governance token of the protocol that allows users to hold, to vote on important decisions within the protocol. Over 300,000 addresses were eligible to receive UNI. So after close to two years, let's take a look at what happened. I want to know about the distribution. I want to know who holds and how much. I want to know the total uni held by airdroppers. I want to know how much airdroppers use Uniswap. I want to know how much they are trading on Uniswap and what they are trading. I want to know if airdrops are actually participating in governance. And what other airdrops did uni recipients receive um so of the 300,000 addresses that were eligible 90,000 didn't claim their airdrop the minimum airdrop appears to be 400 uniswap which is as of around today it's about two thousand four hundred dollars it used to be around ten thousand dollars um eighty percent of airdrops airdroppers, I should say, received four hundred tokens. So most of them, if they hadn't cashed in, received um, two thousand four hundred dollars, basically, if they wanted to sell today. However, the airdrop was quite skewed as some users received very large amounts of the token. Over 250 addresses received over 25,000 UNI tokens, approximately 150,000 US dollars. These are more likely key contributors, investors, and other protocols. I didn't even know this until I went through and checked on Chain. It's it's kind of crazy because you really don't see a lot of stuff. You think that it's some fair airdrop. And then when you look... You see, some wallets got three hundred thousand. It's like, what the, what the, what the flip flop happened? But um, um, most most of the people didn't uh, receive all of that. um, All of that. Over two hundred and fifty addresses received twenty five thousand Uniswap tokens, approximately worth one hundred and fifty k. 97% 97% of the recipients received less than 523 tokens. Okay, that's my spot. I, I knew I lost my spot somewhere and I was like trying to figure it out. And I was like really confused. So um, yeah, well, I already told you about the money. Um, but I think it was pretty crazy to think that only 3% of the airdrop recipients received more than um, 523 so most of the users did receive the same amount so to first kind of understand the mindset of some of these airdroppers or users of the protocol that got airdropped this money looking at historical performance of the token should be noted the supply of the tokens capped at a billion the token reached peaks Of all time highs at about $41. So that gives it a market cap of $41 billion. Today's market cap, I think it's about between $6 and $9, which $3 billion is definitely a huge amount, but it was traded at $41 billion. So this stuff changes rapidly. Even before the mass sell off in the cryptocurrency market, the Uni token tended to underperform. Recently, many users are beginning to get excited about the token again. Of the 15,000 users, majority of airdrop recipients hold more than 500 tokens. 50% of airdrop recipients have more than 100 to 500 tokens, so basically the same amount that was airdropped to them. The largest buckers control most of the supply of the token, and that gives you most of the control of the protocol. At the beginning of Uni's existence, airdroppers were heavily dumping the token. They just thought it was free money. However, in the last year, the token's balance by airdrop holders has remained steady. In addition, the volume number of Uni transfers and active addresses transferring Uni has decreased. This is actually a good thing, as this means that current airdrop holders believe in the token and are willing to hodl. What this is, is that people that care about the protocol, that care about the governance, are staying around and they're accumulating to get more say inside of the protocol. Whether that's a good thing, whether that's a bad thing. At the beginning of Uni's existence, airdroppers were heavily dumping. I just said that, what am I I doing? What is interesting about some of the largest holders of Uni is that they started off with relatively small airdrops and then they kept buying more. In addition, there are some wallets that have never transferred out any UNI. Airdroppers are still very faithful to the protocol. They still are doing large amounts of the volume. I checked and it was close to 33% of all the volume Uniswap is doing from an airdrop recipient. So, the users that were airdropped this token stayed around. And I mean, who wouldn't? You know, they got at the time when the airdrop launched, it was worth like $10,000. It was worth a lot more. So, uh, while the number of total trades and active traders may be down, this may be due to the fact that uh, some users change or transfer their tokens to other wallets. I would imagine that the number of users who originally used Uniswap is quite high, especially if Uniswap opened up to Polygon, Arbitron, and Optimism are included. I think the story behind the story is... People don't want governance. This whole DAO mechanism, you're just going to have 97% of people just sell right away. And if you really care about the protocol, that's great. You know, that really is great. But um, eventually, it comes into a uh, pay-to-play mechanism. And that's kind of against cryptocurrency. And this is the problem with just airdrop uh, DAOs that I hate to say. Because everybody thought it was great at first. You know, Everybody wished it was great. Free money at first. And it made sense for a long time. Until we realized that human psychology just won't allow it. It just won't. People see the money in their wallet. And a lot of them... They just don't care. Participation, even voting inside of the protocol is rather low. I was checking that out, and they just don't have a lot of people voting. Now, though, you know, now that their things are slowing down, it's actually starting to pick up, which is very interesting to me. So we had another um, kind of thing we wanted to talk about, and that is swap. And so I've been doing a lot of research on pseudoswap because it's been picking up rapidly. It's got 10,000 active users right now, which in the grand scheme of things is really funny because it's super small. Total volume is $18 million. The total platform fees are $90 million. Er, Oh my gosh. Every time time Colin gets a... uh, Colin adds on a couple million dollars. A uh, angel gets its wings. <laughs> so uh, the total volume was actually eighteen million dollars. The total platform fees is ninety thousand dollars. That's right, ninety thousand dollars. I think that's like point 0.1 So basically, what PseudoSwap allows you to do is set limit orders on NFTs. For setting a limit order, you can get fees for providing the liquidity. Basically, the ability for people to sell their NFT instantly. The fee goes back to the liquidity providers. So, um, I think it's really awesome. There's another another uh, analyst said uh, PseudoSwap is an automated market similar to Uniswap. Because they're an automated market. Is a minimal gas-efficient automated market protocol for facilitating NFT or ERC-721 to token E2 or ERC-20. So they do all of them. A little bit of word salad in there. My apologies. Swaps using customizable bond curves. Shots out to DeFi. That's really that's really kind of what I got out of it, though. Um, the ability of The ability of... Being able to provide liquidity to an NFT project is uh, pretty interesting. So we kind of have a different uh, news story that we can talk about. Georgia prosecutors have notified lawyers representing Rudy Giuliani that the personal attorney to former President Donald Trump is now a target of the widening election interference investigation led by the Fulton County District Attorney they had made wide-ranging claims that voting systems altered Georgia ballots. I mean, we all heard about this on the news. While ignoring a hand-count audit that confirmed President Joe Biden's victory in the state. Sketch, sketch. Anyway, Giuliani also asserted that about 65,000 underage voters and more than 2,500 felons and 800 dead people also voted in the state. All of those claims have been debunked by the Georgia Secretary of State, which have found no underage voters. They say all of them have been debunked. Okay. My thing is, I don't really care either way. My thing is, who the heck gets notified that you're being investigated? I tell you what, man. I need to get on these guys' team because the FBI is literally sending them tweets that they're getting watched. I'm looking at my phone. I don't even see... Jesus. Anyway, so I think uh, I think that's ridiculous. The fact that he's getting a text that hey, we're uh, we're looking <laughs> we're looking into you. And I think another pretty crazy thing is that you're getting federally charged for questioning an election. I thought that's the whole point of a democracy. So the whole point I'm bringing this topic up is. We just talked about Ave and how they're making, like, successful business decisions. And when there's stuff on the blockchain, you're just not able to delete it. You're not able to. And so, yes, does, does these DAOs have an issue that need to be definitely thought about? 100%. 100%. But looking at the crux of the issue we have we're giving these politicians way too much leeway. I will gladly delegate my tokens fluidly to a politician there's no we We don't need four year election cycles. What's the point right? What's the point of four years? It used to be the reason why it was like that was because it was hard for people to um like get in the same place to vote. you know like it took a lot of time and so it wasn't very often but if we went and we're doing everything digital which i know we can't do everything digital because then you're surprised on how many people aren't digital i'm biased but um things need to be done differently i'm tired of seeing stuff like this and uh defy messages immutable messages on the blockchain solve this if we want to see people's exact messages when they sent them because this is a need. When we have politicians that we are paying, we should see what they're sending. We deserve that. We have the right to see that 24-7. And people say, oh, well, public security, yada, yada, yada. Listen. Look here, listen. Shouts out to Alex Jones. Look here, listen. DeFi is the way. That's going to do it. From all of us here at Web3TV, I'm Colin Shimwell, And don't just have a great day. Have a DeFi day.